0: Our Lady of Grace homilies are brought to you by a generous parishioner who encourages you to join in prayer for mission churches worldwide. Explore the Frontiers of Faith podcast for further insights into these missions. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. After John had been arrested, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God. This is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. As he passed by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting their nets into the sea. They were fishermen. Jesus said to them, Come after me, and I will make you fishers of men. Then they abandoned their nets and followed him. He walked along a little farther and saw James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They too were in a boat, mending their nets. Then he called them. So they left their father Zebedee in the boat, along with the hired men, and followed him. The gospel of the Lord. We don't talk about the psalm very much that we sing at Sunday Mass, but it is scripture, and I think it's a a great place to begin here today. The the psalm that we heard sounds lovely. We kind of cherry-picked only the, the pretty parts of it for the psalm that we heard. Teach me your ways, O Lord. Doesn't that sound nice? Here's what's going on in that psalm. King David wrote that psalm as a psalm of lament. Things are not good for him. And David was surrounded at the point that he wrote that psalm by his enemies. He's surrounded by people who want to kill him. And he's filled, of course, with fear and anxiety about the danger and the imperfection and the uncertainty of his life. Does that sound like anyone else that you know? Yeah. In the prayer of David then is your ways o oh lord make known to me teach me your paths translate that into a way that we would put it lord my life is a mess right now just show me what you want me to do show me what you want me to do do you know anyone that's ever prayed that before <laughs> yeah this is for us today is word of god sunday and it's an opportunity to recognize that through the scriptures, Jesus speaks to us. He speaks into our lives. He speaks into our experience. And, and Word of God Sunday reminds us that if we go to the scriptures day after day, and if we if we read the scriptures, not, not just like we would read any book to gain knowledge, if, if we do more than that, If we go to the scriptures and read them in order to hear the voice of God speak to us through them, then that is the way that Jesus will answer that question in our lives. What do you want me to do, Lord? Where are you leading me? And we get a prime example of that in the gospel today, how it is that Jesus does answer that question. What do you want me to do? This is the the gospel of Mark. That's what we're going through. We're beginning to go through Mark this year. And it's the very first sermon that Jesus preaches in Mark's gospel. Here's what he says. He says, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. So the first thing that Jesus says to those who are searching for God in their lives is repent. And now we hear that and we think of it in a very like moralizing kind of way. We think that repent means stop your sinning. Behave like I teach you. And now, all that's really good, right? We should stop sinning and behave like Christ teaches us. But, but that's not what it what it means. That word, the the word in the original Greek is metanoia, and and metanoia is actually it's a wonderful word, uh, and and it just means to change your mind. It's a change of mind. If you want to break it down even more, meta means beyond. And nous, which is what noia comes from, means mind. So what it means very literally is go beyond your current mind. Go beyond the way that you currently understand the world. That's what repent means in the Greek word. Go beyond the way that you currently understand the world. And so what Jesus is saying to us with deep, deep love is, listen, there is something wrong. There is a serious problem with the way that you perceive the world. It does not match reality, and it has to change. That's Jesus' first sermon. When I was a kid, I needed glasses, and I hated my glasses. Um, I hated, number one, that when I wore my glasses, if, you're, if you wear glasses, you know how this works, but I hated how everything outside of where the lenses were in front of my eyes was blurry. It made me dizzy somehow. Like part of my field of vision was in focus and the rest of it was blurry. And I, I couldn't stand that. And, and so I, I didn't like wearing them. And also my parents, They're not here. My parents were cheap. (laughs) They were just cheap as cheap could be. And, and so my parents bought me the cheapest glasses possible. They were one step above like the paper glasses that, that they, that they give you for the 3D movie at IMAX. They were awful. And so the only time that I ever wore my glasses was when I needed to see the board at school. That was it. And so when, at one point, my parents um, apparently got over being cheap and they let me try contact lenses. And so I went to the eye doctor and after about 25 minutes, I got the contact lenses into my eyes and I walked out into the waiting room where my mom was waiting for me. And I looked up and I saw, you know how it is at an optometrist's office, right? I saw all of those displays of frames for glasses and I was amazed. Because I saw each one of those pairs of glasses distinctly. They weren't like a a blurry blob like they were when I walked in. I was absolutely amazed. And I I remember turning to my mom and I just said, it's like 15 years old. I said, I have been missing so much. And it was true. Now, here's the thing for us too. There is so much about reality that we are missing. Do you believe that about yourself? That's what Jesus tells us today. There's so much about reality that we do not see. And so Jesus, he tells us, it's impossible for you to hear what God wants you to do with wounded eyes, with a false vision of the world. And so he says to us, metanoiate, repent, change the way that you see the world. Now, let's put some flesh on that. What does changing the way that we see the world actually mean? Uh, The the second reading today comes from St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. And he's describing the new way that a Christian ought to see the world. He's describing what that looks like. And here's how he begins. We have three verses, and they're so powerful. Here's how he begins those three verses. He says, brothers and sisters, the time is running out. Oh, boy. He says, there is a limit to your life. You are going to die. And then he ends those three verses saying, in the world, in its present form, it's also passing away. He says nothing that the world offers you is going to endure. And what a perspective that is, right? What a perspective to say, my life ends and the world gives me nothing that will endure after that. That, that leads to a whole new vision of the world. That's a metanoia like, oh, wow, I'm seeing the world differently here. So much, we put all of our stock in the world, don't we? We think that's what our life is really about, the things that we have right now. Paul says no. And then he goes on. He says, here's what that metanoia is. And he, he gives us a list of different things that strike us as odd. Let's look at them. He says, let those having wives act as not having them. Now, <laughs> that isn't what it sounds like it's not it's not a license to infidelity right that's not what paul's saying but what he's saying is this he's asking a question what do you count as the primary relationship in your life is it your wife or your husband are they number 1 is it your children are they number 1 your friends your family all of those really important people that are in your contact list in your phone Paul's saying, if that's what you're counting as first place, act like they don't exist. The metanoia is, God must be first. Keep going. Let those weeping act as if they were not weeping. We get so sad because of the stress and the suffering in our life, because of our our loss of of our health, loss of our possessions, loss of the esteem of other people, loss of our money in our life. We get so sad because of those things. And and listen, Paul says, you're going to lose all those things anyway. The only true sadness is if we lose God. That's the metanoia. Let those rejoicing act as if they were not rejoicing. That's just the other side of that same coin. What makes us happy? Are we just happy when the circumstances of our life are good? When we have everything that we want in the world? That, That happiness is going to last for a handful of years, and then it's gone. The metanoia is seeing that true joy is found in God. Building that relationship with him and finding real lasting joy there. Let those buying act as if they didn't own the stuff that they bought. So often we place so much stock. We put all all of our sense of self-worth in the things that we have. In the experiences that we have. And that we can post on social media. This is what's really important. No, Paul says all that stuff, you don't own it. Your true, tre- your true treasure is in heaven and you build up that treasure in heaven when you serve others, when you give some of that money away, when you give to those who are truly in need. That's what really will make you rich. That's the metanoia. The last one, let those using the world act as if they weren't using it fully. This is my favorite. Let those using the world act as if they were not using it fully. God gave us all of these good things in the world, and they are good. They're gifts from God, right? But none of them come close to the goodness of God himself. And so what Paul's saying here is, he says, you are satisfied with these paltry, worldly things while God is sitting there wanting to give you so much more. He has so much to give you, and you don't take advantage of it. About six months ago, I was driving behind a canary yellow Tesla. I didn't know they made that color. And the canary yellow Tesla was going 34 miles per hour in a 45 mile per hour zone. And I was stuck right behind her. And she had a car that can go zero to 60 in three seconds. And she was driving 11 under the speed limit. If you're going to do that, buy a Prius. It doesn't make sense. But here's the thing. That's us. That's what Paul's telling us. Not that we should buy a Prius, but Paul, Paul's telling us that we're not using our life to its full potential. The metanoia that he's calling us to is to realize that all of our life, we haven't even come close to the potential, to our potential. Why? We haven't even come close to our potential because we refuse to come close to God. We refuse to hear his voice. We refuse to follow him and to obey. Repent. Change. Friends, the world is passing away. The time is short. So, let's go through that metanoia. Let's allow Christ to transform our minds so that we can see that what truly matters in our life is him.